This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Week Scully, all in the house on a Wednesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. We'll get you prepped for Mexico. The Mexico Open is the stop on the PGA Tour this week. And boy, we got a weak field. John Rahm, the heavy favorite. Statistically, I believe the heaviest favorite we've seen all season on the PGA Tour. A couple other names to watch for. We'll get into that in hour two. We've got the LPGA right back at it, which is great because sometimes it just feels like it's been weeks since the LPGA has pegged it up. So Brooke has a chance to get right back out there and potentially right the ship, so to speak. We've got some whining out of the Live Series. I'm not too sure what to make of that. We'll get into that in the next segment. But good morning, boys. Did either one of you gentlemen dare, and I say dare, kind of brave the elements and put the ball in the ground. On Monday, you were both teasing me, teasing the audience, suggesting that you may break the seal on your Canadian golf season. And then hail started rifling against my window after it hit Bob's window about 30 minutes earlier in the West End. Either one of you guys go out and peg it up. Bob, did you end up going? No, I have not. Uh, I have not had my first swing. I went as far as to have dinner at the golf club with my dad, who got back from Florida from his winter vacation there. And he had, we usually play on Mondays, and he had, uh, there was no way he was going out in that. And uh, there were a few brave souls who were out there, but, um, it, it, you know, I got, I, I got to be at least double digits and maybe a little bit of sunshine. So I don't know, that doesn't look very good if you've looked at the long range forecast for the weekend. No, you're right about that. Now, I actually, I played golf outdoors at Deer Creek last Friday. So, and I was in short sleeves for a lot of the rounds. So I, I was out there. Uh, you guys know me. I was trying to go for greens and hitting slingshot hook shots. You don't, I'm, I, I don't lay up. Like, what's the point of laying up? You're not going to go so far to lay up. Anyway, uh, I have not played. I'm hoping to play this weekend. Forecast does not look awesome for Saturday, Sunday, or where we will very likely be on Monday. But uh, I was talking with a good friend of the show, Kara Waglin, last night uh, for Sports Center, and she has already played twice. She's made uh, moves with her takeaway, which uh, got a lot of uh, play online, and she is she's very committed to uh, posting some scores this year. So I'm sure the three of us will get out with Kara as she sends her best, and we'll see her also uh, on Monday at Oakdale. Well, I can't wait to get out with all you guys, uh, but it ain't happening anytime soon. So, <laughs> and I'll see you guys on Monday as well. And uh, if any of our friends at Golf Canada are listening this morning, Dan, LA, Lisa, etc., cetera, um, I'll see you Monday. It just won't be for golf. That's all. <laughs> Are you going to be in the golf cart, you know, shivering with a, a you know, a hot chocolate or something? Or oh, no, 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 no. I'll see you guys for the presser. Oh. I'll see you guys for maybe a nice light lunch, something along, something very civilized. I'm going to have a very civilized golf season. I, I've made a mandate to not brave the elements and to not force golf season uh, into like some, you know, just because it's May, I'm not forcing golf season. I will simply wait I'm gonna, for golf season to arrive, Bob. 
I'm gonna ask uh, I'm gonna ask Chris in the uh, control booth to save that audio right there, that little clip. <laughs> and we're gonna play that back over and over every time yeah. you're out there in the pouring rain or the snow or whatever yeah. it is. Not due to this year, Bob. I got to tell you, the back the back alone will not allow me. Okay, we got a big huge news that we were kind of all sitting on <laughs> um, that we were waiting on the official announcement to come out yesterday, and it did about the future of PGA Tour Canada. Scott Pritchard, Executive Director of PGA Tour Canada, going to be by later on in hour two. We'll get a deeper dive into it with him. But let's start there. Let's kick it off with some news and some headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. All right. Yesterday, the big news in the world of golf is that uh, PGA Tour Latino America is merging with PGA Tour Canada to create a tour called PGA Tour Americas, which will launch in February of 2024. Uh, PGA Tour Latino America, a 12-tournament circuit. Uh, PGA Tour Canada, a 10-tournament circuit lined up for 2023. Um, They will merge into a 16-tournament venue circuit so we will go from a combined 22 event sorry from a separate 22 events to a combined 16 events they will take a portion of this 16 uh, tournament schedule will actually be on u.s soil so combining some events on american soil as well so we'll go latino america america canada for this new circuit what are the benefits? Well, now the players that play both circuits can play every tournament under one circuit. There was Most of that circuit had to pick and choose. Am I going to play Latino America? Am I going to play Canada? You really couldn't play both. It was tough to play both. So there's an opportunity for the players to play year-long. For example, PGA Tour Latino America guys would you know qualify in like June, May, and then have nowhere to play while they awaited the fall to turn around and come around. So from a player standpoint, there's a real benefit there. We'll ask Scott how focused they were on players when it comes around. Uh, there's a direct path to the Corn Ferry Tour. The top 10 are going to go automatically to the Corn Ferry Tour at the end of the season and have full Corn Ferry Tour status. At the end of each leg of this circuit, they're going to advance one or two players along the way with some conditional status. It's a really... Well done, well thought out plan to the Corn Ferry Tour. Here's my problem. (laughs) You knew there was one coming with all that positive news, Bob. And I'll start with you, Bob, because because (laughs) of our age, because we're a little closer in age than Adam, and you and I remember maybe some things that Adam wasn't born yet for. A part of me is very sad, Bob, because what people forget is that PGA Tour Canada was the Canadian Tour. And the Canadian Tour has a long history of names like, you know, Trevino that participated and guys I work with week in, week out, like Dennis Paulson and Andres Gonzalez. And, you know, it had a long history. And and yes, it got into a weird spot where we needed to make some changes and PGA Tour Canada came in and thank God they did and saved it and made it a very strong tour again. But to me, there's a part of me that's although, although Bob excited about the future, Kind of sad that it it's almost feels like the official end to the Canadian tour. I mean, I think the merger makes sense on a lot of different levels. And I think there were a number of players, uh, Canadian and international, who played both 
at certain times, play certain events on both. And so giving them a longer season with the big part, I think, is the increased purses um, is a little bit, it just makes sense from a, from a business standpoint. I think from a player standpoint, I haven't talked to all that many to see what they think about it, but we'll see in that aspect. But you're right. The, uh, the Canadian tour goes back to the 1960s. Carling uh, sponsored a tour and then Peter Jackson for a number of years sponsored a tour that was basically made up of provincial championships. So you had the Quebec open, the Manitoba open, the Ontario open, the Quebec open, and there were big names who played in it. Um, as you mentioned, there was a PGA championship that was sponsored by Labatt's a little bit later where they brought in the PGA winners from all over the world to play. Trevino and um, I'm trying to think of all the guys who played in there. But I think they had it at the National one year. And I think Lee Trevino set the course record, which I think still stands. And then later on, you had guys like Steve Stricker and Chris DeMarco and all that. So there's a sort of a melancholy part to it, a nostalgia part to it from a remember what we did and a guy by the name of Bob Beauchemin who's going into the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame next week was the guy who kind of resurrected or kept alive the Canadian Tour and, and led it into the era where the PJ Tour bought it. Um, but I think this is probably makes some sense. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk to Scott Pritchard and, and get his viewpoint on it later. Yeah, it may be a growth opportunity for a tour like the Great Lakes Tour or PG of Canada. Uh, maybe a growth opportunity now to to kind of fill a hole that is going to be void with a Canadian-only platform. Adam, what was your, I guess, your first take when you heard the announcement or knew it was coming? Yeah, it was um, not shocking, but I was certainly intrigued, and I'm still very intrigued about it. I'm looking forward to speaking with Scott and learning more about it. And I've mentioned this on this show many times. One of, the, one of our favorite segments that we've done with PGA Tour Canada is when we have the winners on because we talk to we talk about these players whether it's the PGA Tour LPGA Tour you know making a great living we see them on TV all the time we saw that Netflix series guys taking private jets from place to place and they have all the dollars in the world in the bank but then you want to hear about these the backstories of these winners who are trying to make it trying the Will Batemans exactly the Will Batemans the um, the Ryan Gerrards, who's had a great season on the PGA Tour. We had him on twice last year on, on our show. So that, that's why that's one of the favorite portions of this show that I've enjoyed. And I'm looking forward to, or I'm curious to see how this is going to, you know, look going forward. And hopefully the, the strength in the Canadian game, strength in numbers, if you will, continues to grow. We've seen so much growth in the last couple of years, especially with PGA Tour Canada and all the Fortinet Cup Series, all that stuff. I'm curious to see where this goes going forward, really. Well, we'll have Scott on an hour or two, and we'll, we'll kind of dig a little deeper into this. Speaking of digging a little deeper, we will hear from Brooke Henderson uh, momentarily. We've got some audio from Brooke because she's back at it, the LPGA Tour. But before we look forward to this week, out of big Chevron ratings, TV numbers in the U.S. up for NBC. Uh, people super engaged with the LPGA Tour, like almost a million and a half average two-plus number. That's pretty impressive TV numbers for the LPGA Tour. Yeah, the most watched Chevron Championship since 2010. NBC Sports most watched edition of the event on record as well, which which is awesome to see. And we, we know that the history of the event has, and we we'll speak about it a little later today on television with winners weird and what and Lilia Vu uh, jumping into the um, uh, netted alligator swamp thing, swamp, the swamp, whatever you want to call it. Uh, which it was quite a finish down the stretch in the playoff too with a couple Canadians finishing inside the top 25 from, a, from our perspective. So that's, that's awesome to see for this tournament. 
Were you happy? Bob, you must have been happy. Uh, and I don't know, were you surprised? Like, it's interesting because, you know, I was looking at this from a straight TV perspective. So here were the choices the golf consumer had on Sunday, right? You had Zurich Classic of New Orleans. You had LPGA Major. You had uh, Live Golf with uh, with an outcome you already knew of because you're running it on a time delay because it happened like ten hours earlier in the you know in the middle of the night in Australia or or longer, and and LPGA is kind of the winner in this, no, Bob? Uh, I agree. I think it is, and and it's. I think it does go to. Sh- it's, it, there's two big streams that I think reasons why. I think I think women's sports is really starting to grow now. There was a, a great study that came out yesterday that talked about the viability of women's sports now and how it's really progressing in some levels faster with viewership and with with numbers. This is across all sorts of different sports than men's sports. Um, so I think that's important. And I think there were enough names near the top. Nellie Corridor was up there, and, and well, Brooke wasn't really up there, but there were a few up there that may have draw, drawn your attention to it. And perhaps people didn't weren't as interested in watching uh, the team golf thing of uh, of the Zurich Classic. So there's probably a lot of good reasons, but hopefully the major reason is that it's just good golf. Yeah, we will see if uh, that trend continues. It's going to be interesting. They've got you know a big summer ahead of them, as you guys know. The LPG uh, schedule is a little weird. And it goes through some funky spots where they disappear and then uh, and then spots where they play a lot and they get a lot of traction. So we'll see what happens during those spots when they're pegging it up in big events like uh, U.S. Women's Open, etc. Okay, LPGA Tour continues this week. Henderson back in the mix. Uh, she's going to play, peg it up in Los Angeles. She had a rough weekend uh, last week. Two shots off the lead, heading into Saturday. She goes 76-74, and it was really the ball striking that left her. She had the opportunity to speak to the media yesterday. Let's hear from Brooke Henderson. This year, it's kind of been funny, you know, right out of the gate, win, and, you know, on a high, um, and then, you know, some time away from golf, a couple weeks off uh, before the Asia swing, and, um, you know, clubs didn't show up right away in in Thailand, so, um, and then didn't play my best over there, came back, um, missed cut, which is, I like to say unusual um so that was a little bit heartbreaking and then you know to come back to hawaii t11 um and then t23 last week so you know we're we're getting it back like i said we're kind of just you know slowly making improvements um and you know sticking to the to the process you know that's all you can really do and um you know golf can be really hard sometimes it's a tough game so just try to you know try to stay even um through the highs and the lows all right, so we're all going to watch the ball striking this week. The short game was on point. That was the good news last week. The putting was good. The chipping up and down around the green. She got up and down a lot. Uh, the bad news was the ball striking was heading in the wrong direction, especially with the greens and reg numbers from Friday to Saturday. We'll all be watching uh, for that to flip the script early here uh, with the JM Eagle uh, event in Los Angeles on the LPGA Tour. On the other side, we're going to hear from Bryson DeChambeau. Because although at the root of it, the statements are actually potentially accurate, that the current official world golf ranking is maybe not as accurate as it ever was, at the end of the day, we're still whining about the same things we were whining about a year ago. So we'll get into the whine next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. 
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Weeks Scully. And the Live Golf series is in Singapore this week. And we've started the week, instead of celebrating what was likely the greatest week in the history of that tour in Australia, we have kicked off the week with a wine fest in regards to official World Golf ranking points. Now, I don't think anybody is going to argue the fact that the current World Golf rankings are, you know, potentially a little off at the moment, maybe not as accurate as what they have been in a couple of years. Although everybody knew the rules when they made their choices. So I don't really understand why we're still here. Taylor Gooch won that event actually in a, in a cakewalk after 262s and then fell in the official World Golf Rankings. Why did he fall? Because they're not awarded points on the Live Series. We have still not come to a conclusion, decision, uh, through the exploration process of the committee, which Keith Pelley and Jay Monahan have removed themselves from. So before we get into it, let's hear from Bryson DeChambeau and summarizing the feelings and thoughts of the Live Golf players. You should realize that the OWGR is not accurate, one. Um, two, I think that they need to come to a resolution or it will become obsolete. It's pretty much almost obsolete as of right now. But again, if you know the majors and everything continue to have that as their ranking system, then they're biasing it quite heavily. Um, again, I'm in a lawsuit, so I can't say much more. I'd have much more to say, but uh, it's it's very disappointing that that's the way it goes because it's not right. And I hope people can see through that. It's uh, disappointing that somebody takes such a hard stance. I mean, when you're looking at a situation. I always try and take both sides and look at them equally and say, okay, what's the best for everyone and everything? Not say, this is the way it needs to be done, this is the way it's been done, this is how it should stay. It's kind of, humans are always moving forward in a, in a, in a I guess you could say, a innovative direction, and this is just another one of those steps, and I hope they catch on pretty quickly because uh, they're going to run out of business pretty soon. All right, Bob, why are we still here? Why are we still whining about this? They knew these choices when they went. I'm not suggesting that the official World Golf ranking is, is bang on accurate, but at the end of the day, assuming that the official World Golf ranking stand by their criteria, assuming they do and stand by their criteria, which they've stood by from the day they started, in which the majority of your series needs to be a 72-hole cut series, played from the first hole to the 18th hole, and all the things that they line up when they decide who's handing out these points, even if they were to buckle and hand out some points, they're not going to play for enough points to ever qualify for majors through that avenue. So why are we still having this conversation? Well, let's clear up one thing first off the start is that the world ranking, the official world golf ranking has never uh, been the perfect measurement of who's playing the best in the world, right? We know that there's shortcomings to the system, the way the numbers are, strengths of field, uh, two-year rolling term. I mean, when you can have guys win tournaments and, and, you know, John Rahm for a while, I think he won four tournaments and didn't move up or wasn't into the number one spot. There's all sorts of things and parameters that go on. But the other part of, even if you did let live golf in, uh, their strength of field is so 
tour, there's, you know, eight or nine guys that sort of carry the weight. And then there's a whole bunch of guys down near the bottom who just don't have the, uh, you know, they would fit into a tournament like this in, in terms of, of depth of field. So I don't know how much they would gain. And, you know, it's interesting. You can go to Data Golf, which is our buddies here, our Canadian mm-hmm. pals, who they, they keep a, a, their own ranking and they include the guys from Live. And you can, you can look through and, and look and see where these guys are. Taylor Gooch last week on, on this ranking moved up nine spots. So that tells you something when a guy wins a tournament like that, how much he does. He's only moving up nine spots. He's into, I think, 35th or, uh, yeah, 30-something like that anyway. I can't yeah. find him right away, but, uh, sorry, 34th on their, on their list. So, I mean, there's lots of measurement, measuring tools that you can use to argue where a person is in the world ranking. But going back to your point, these guys don't fit into the regulations, don't fit into the same pattern. So how can you compare apples and oranges of how the Live Tour operates compared to how the PJ Tour operates and say this is an equal footing and this is where the measurements are? And Phil Mickelson and Bubba Watson kind of doubled down and backed up the statements. Uh, Scully, I don't know if you heard. They said, well, let's just get rid of the official World Golf ranking. They're obsolete. And let's just take... Uh, the top X fill in the blank off each tour. So in other words, the Live Golf Series, they have individual player standings. If I were to go to them now and uh, try to navigate through the most confusing uh, website in all of golf, uh, Peter Uline is somehow on top, uh, according to this. Charles Howe III and Taylor Gooch would be the top three in the individual lists uh, on the... 2023 standings. How does Peter Uline get up there? I don't know. I'm so confused. But anyway, they have their own individual standings, and Mickelson and uh, and Bubba are saying, just go off this. Take take our top 15. Take our top 20. Whatever. Do the same thing in the FedEx Cup. That's what the majors should be doing. The one thing I do know is places like Augusta, they don't play well in the sandbox when they get told what to do. All I have to mm-hmm. say when I was hearing Bryson. It's just wah, 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 wah. You knew what you were doing. Hey, Bryson, how about you just play better? Phil Mickelson climbed nearly 200 spots in the official World Golf ranking, finishing second in the Masters. What have you done, Bryson, since going to live? Nothing. Play better when the tournaments matter. That's all I have to say. You know what? You're bang on. Adam, you're 1,000% right, too, because it's not like Bryson isn't going to have his shots. He's playing on his five-year window from his U.S. Open uh, win at Wingfoot, and but he does nothing with them. Uh, and at the end of the day, the live golf guys, if they really want to help their case with the majors, they got to take their shots when they get them, i.e. Kepka and Phil. Kepka and Phil and Reed to a certain extent, that, you know, they, they took advantage of that opportunity to play at Augusta. They're going to have to do it again in a couple of weeks at the PGA Championship. If they're unable to do so, to Bob's point, and like I said off the top, even when we come to the very end of this exploration, debate, decision-making process with the official World Golf Ranking, that we could be in, guys, for another six months to a year. Like, I mean, this, this can take a long time. Uh, and again, Keith Powley and Jay Monahan have removed themselves from this process of the official World Golf uh, Committee. Even if we come up with a solution where they decide, okay, we're going to be able to allot these amount of points for Live Series, I have been led to believe from the people that I have spoken to that are kind of, you know, a lot closer to this than I am, 
that it would be somewhere along the point values of a corn ferry tour event, of what they could allot under the current criteria if they were to bend on all those points that we've talked about already. So you're not going to play for corn ferry tour points and make your way into the U.S. Open, guys. You're not going to get the top 50 in the world playing for corn ferry tour points. So, I mean... I don't know where we go from this. Is it going to be a constant whining? If I'm live golf, I'm ignoring all this. I'm saying, look at what we just did in Australia. That's the future of this series. And I would be shining the spotlight on that, not shining the spotlight on, hey, Taylor Gooch just dropped in the official world golf ranking. So time will tell. We could go much longer on this. On the other side, we're going to go with a happier story instead because Aaron Cockrell finished second on the DP World Tour losing in a playoff this week Bob had a chance to go one-on-one with him you'll hear from him next this is Golf Talk Canada this segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys good for your score good for your health This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Aaron Cockrell, Canadian, making a monster move on the race to Dubai standings this past weekend. With a second place finish, losing in a playoff to Lucas Herbert. Oh, so close. For the Canadian, and it was a weekend of close calls. Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin, uh, Ben Silverman on the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, Canadian flags all over the place. And heading into the weekend, almost Brooke as well, until she backed up on Saturday. But uh, get used to it. Canadian flags across the board, including the DP World Tour. Bob had an opportunity to go one-on-one with Aaron about his weekend at the DP World Tour event. And here's Aaron Cockrell in uh, beautiful Seoul, South Korea. Boy, uh, you sure wear out your passport on that DP World Tour. You get a lot of uh, a lot of frequent flyer points, I'm sure. But uh, listen, congratulations, a a great finish. I know that in in reading some of your comments afterwards, there was obviously a sense of disappointment at at an opportunity that that came your way. Um, a few days now after the after the finish and the playoff uh, loss to Lucas Herbert, but a runner up finish. How are your emotions? What are you feeling? Yeah, d- definitely disappointed. Um, very tired. <laughs> I uh, played a practice round today in Korea, and I didn't realize, I guess, just the adrenaline and everything that went into the week and just the come down of it. I was very, very tired today. But um, yeah, now that I've had a bit of time to digest it, I guess I'm proud of the accomplishment and the way I played and handled myself and um and all that, but I, I still am disappointed. I, I want to win out here, and I've, I'm getting closer. Um, so hopefully, uh, hopefully it's it's coming. Uh, you had a, a speaking of emotions, kind of a wild ride through the last last hole and into the playoff because, as you said, there were chances. You lipped out a putt, and how do you how do you keep your emotions on one kind of level as you're going through something like that? Yeah. I, I think I'm a pretty calm person in general, and I try and carry that over onto the golf course. I'm pretty laid back. Um, and I've had plenty of times where I've been super nervous on the golf course, but yes, or on Sunday there, I felt totally calm. Um, it was it, it was fun. It was a nice, nice feeling to have. And I felt like I was kind of in control with three holes to go. I had a par five, which I, looking back, I kind of needed to get that par five and then par the last two. And I missed like a seven footer, but um 
yeah, I, I felt really good. I felt in control of my emotions, my game, everything. It was, it was a very, very good feeling. Uh, when I, when I look at the stats and I know stats don't always tell the whole story, but it looks like your game this year is there, there's nothing to me that really jumps stands out. I know usually it's putting, but I mean, generally speaking, you're doing everything well, uh, judging by the stats. Is that how you feel as well? Yeah. Yeah. Last year I was one of the best putters on the tour. So I was joking that I just needed to get the, the ball in the green and a few less strokes. <laughs> um, and I, I think I've probably done that in terms of hitting more greens this year and, and maybe being a little smarter and playing to fat sides here and there. And sometimes, you know, it results in a par, which kind of feels boring at the time, but it's kind of the percentage play. Um, and I think just overall the ball striking has been a little bit better. Um, yeah, I've, I, last year I, I had some issues with the driver midway through the season, and that's a tough place to be. <laughs> um, but yeah, overall the game is is coming together pretty nicely. You talked uh, last year to me about about how you're really comfortable playing on the DP World Tour. Is that still the set? I know you had a taste with the uh, RBC Canadian Open at uh, at St. George's, but are you still just focused right now on being on the DP World Tour and playing there? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, look, the travel would be a lot easier if I was playing closer to home. But at the same time, it's it's really fun. And like my family's gonna come over a little bit more. Like we're we're just about to get into the stage where we go to Europe. We're gonna be going to like Rome, Paris, London, all these really cool cities. And um I I really enjoy it over here. I do. I mean, you could you you could do you maybe make a better living on the PGA tour, but you know the culture you're driving around Florida for four. I, I really enjoy it over here. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's fun. And uh, yeah, maybe something will change and, and who knows, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to be over here for now. Uh, and, and I gotta, I gotta ask the difficult question is obviously the Winnipeg jets are in the playoffs right now. You are a dedicated jets fan. I know how easy is it to try and find or watch those games as you are right now. in let's say Seoul, South Korea. Yeah, the stream's tough. The Bell app doesn't work very good, even though I'm a paying customer. Uh, <laughs> funny how it works. But uh, yeah, no, they uh, we were saying a, a few injuries now. They're they're in tough down three one. Hopefully, they can pull something out crazy. But uh, it, it's not looking great as of right now. <laughs> let's let's look a little bit down the road here as well. You moved up to 25th on the race to Dubai rankings with this uh, with a runner up finish. Um, what what's the goal now as you as you progress into the meat of the season? <laughs> Yeah, I think at the start of the year, my goal was was to win on tour and to make the tour championship. And I think those things stay the same. Um, I'm going to have another, I've still probably got another close to 20 tournaments on the schedule this year. Um, so yeah, I, I, nothing nothing's really changed. If anything, this, uh, this maybe frees me up a little bit more. You know, the card is almost locked already. And, you know, if I'm in a position down the stretch where some guys might be trying to secure a top 10 or five or something like that, I'm probably going to be looking to try and keep playing to win. So, um, yeah, nothing, nothing really changes. It's just a, a good start and kind of nice to have it early-ish in the season. There was a post on Twitter from Mike Weir to congratulating you, taking notice of your uh, performance. Uh, do you allow yourself to think about that, the President's Cup possibilities? I think I'm still a long ways out from that, but uh, if I keep up some really good play, um, you never know. It's still a long ways away, and uh, you know, if 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 I get some hot play closer to, you, you never know, and uh, just keep plotting along. How about uh, how about the RBC Canadian Open? Do you think we'll see you there this year? I think so. I hope so. 
do you, do you want to make, have you got, you haven't gotten an invitation yet? Is that the, is that what I'm reading between the lines yet? I, I think I have. I don't know if I'm allowed to say anything. Okay. Well, let's just keep it quiet. We don't know anything. We'll play mom's game. Uh, Aaron, uh, congratulations on a great performance over there and uh, continued success uh, on the DP world tour. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. All right, Bob. What I take from that interview is he's coming to the RBC Canadian open. We know that. <laughs> Uh, he told me after jump, yeah uh, the two things that jump out at me and you hear this a lot guys love the european tour dp world tour for the culture like you, you say like he's, i'm going to go be in rome and i'm going to be in all these wonderful cities around the world and he really is happy over there the other thing that leaped out at me is how he suggested how calm and relaxed he was down the stretch on a sunday in the heat of the battle not only that but how surprised it sounded bob in his voice that he reacted that way. I think that's something that a lot of young players have a hard time finding a calm when you're in the hunt like that. And for him to be able to say that he was, and as you said, sort of be surprised by the fact that he was, bodes well for his future. I mean, let, let's be honest. There's some players I know who are still, you know, I, I think in the President's Cup, which is a different atmosphere, obviously, but Corey Connors and Taylor Penrith were a little nervous last time out. So there are some situations where you generally have to put yourself time and time again to get used to it. And he seems to be comfortable right from the start. Not that he hasn't been close before, but getting into a playoff is, is a far different story than finishing fourth or fifth or something like that along the way. This, this guy, I, I'm really kind of high on this guy. And I think now that he has a, a, a child, there may be a little push to try and come back and perhaps play a little bit more in North America next year. We'll see what happens to that. I'm just guessing he hasn't told me anything about that, but he's doing well. He's got some good sponsorship now, and and uh, and I, I really enjoy watching him, and we'll see where he goes from here. All right. On the other side, we're going to take some of the questions. We I think we have one or two questions from our Ask GTC. We're also going to tee up 20 Weeks to May tee up hour, hour two, and we're going to tee up what Adam just unveiled. He just opened up some new packaging uh, on our Zoom call here as we do our uh, – GTC Wednesdays from our remote studios, and uh, I believe Adam has replaced the stealth driving iron that he caved in uh, in California. We'll get to that on the other side as Scully continues to break uh, and cave in some of the strongest technology on the planet. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. With the forecast here in southern Ontario, I mean, let's just go to Myrtle Beach collectively right now. This is horrific. We should just go to Myrtle Beach, start our golf season, and when it gets nice, we can come back. All right, Adam, where are you uh, unwrapping here for Bob and I? What are, what are all these toys? You know, it's one of those where in segment one, I heard a, uh, I heard a knocking on the door, and I'm like, who on earth is knocking on my door? I will say, I have to give a shout-out to a guy in my building who is a fan of the show and who won a Mr. Butcher gift card last year on our show. No I didn't way. I get his name, unfortunately, but he, he, he kind of looked at me. He said, you're the golf guy, right? I said, 
maybe, perhaps. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, shout out to a uh, man in my building. Anyway, so I, I hear a knock on my door and I think, okay, this is, uh, I wonder what's on coming over. Hopefully uh, I haven't done anything wrong here. And I see a big box from our friends at TaylorMade. I said, oh, that's interesting. So during that interview we played out, I opened up and unraveled a, or unwrapped a Stealth 2 plus 5 wood with Ooh. the weight up. So we're going to play at about 17 degrees, 16 and a half degrees. We've got a Ventus Velcor 7X shaft in there as well. So looking forward to playing that because I, I'm one of, and we're going to hear about this TaylorMade burner mini driver in our next segment, which is the, the newest club from TaylorMade. But I'm someone, Mark and Bob, as, as you guys know, I'm, I, I'm a little errant uh, off the tee, hardy, har, har. But I'm not really one to use a three wood very often. I'm more of a driver or a, a two iron or driving iron, which one also arrived after I had a bit of an incident uh, caving one in um, with not out of frustration, I will say. Anyway, but I, I'm someone who I, I need I need a shot that sort of flies in the 250 sort of range. And I was I was, I was having a, a good issue, I guess, in terms of I was hitting three woods too far where it was sort of a useless club. <laughs> it just, it's been my, it's it, been it, my it, issue my entire career, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a four or five handicap. I'm not that good at golf. But I, I was having an issue where I was hitting, it was almost a useless club to me because I just couldn't hit it anywhere. So that's where the, the five wood is now in play. Um, Tiger calls his five wood his old man club. I'm not quite there yet, but I need something that, gets up in the air quickly and lands softly. And I have the ability to turn this club over as well uh, in testing that sort of thing. So I, I'm pumped to, to get both of these in the bag. Yeah, that Stealth UDI as well, which is, uh, as you guys know, I, I love hitting a two iron off the tee, whether it's teed down or teed up. Uh, I need to talk to Chris in the, in the studio again, just to remind him to save that little clip where it says, uh, I'm a four or five handicap. I'm not that good at golf. I think we'll, that'll be your new intro to your uh, winner's weird and what <laughs> that little clip. <laughs> There's a whole oh, bunch of people boy. who just heard that and went, yeah. what? <laughs> well, I think, I, I think we should splice that together with me yelling four because I tell people I'm a four <laughs> handicap, but I'm a plus four handicap with my four calls because whenever I yell four and I'm missing fairways four over, I yell as loud as I humanly can, and people love that four call. So maybe we put that together, make a little magic that way. You project lovely on your, on your safety calls. <laughs> it is wonderful projection. All right, Adam, before we get to this week's 20 Weeks of TaylorMade, because we continue now our fantasy golf pool, which is free. It's fun. Over 40K in TaylorMade product and pricing, including the grand prize, a full set of TaylorMade golf clubs, and a trip for two to Casa de Campo, go to golftalkcanada.com, golftalkcanada.com, and register for this week's event. should be fun before we get into this week's prizing. Let's do a little Ask GTC. There was one or two questions, I think, that uh, came through our social media. What, what do you want to tackle here, Skulls? Yeah, so let's start off with, uh, so we had three questions. Uh, someone by the name of Don Sweet asked us about the merger of the Canadian uh, of PJ Tour Americas, which we got into in segment one, which we'll dive into in about 40 minutes time with Scott Pritchard as well. Uh, good friend of the show, Corey Traverse, who is very active in response to a lot of our, our stuff. A big shout out to Corey. Not a fan of the handicap system. He wants a simpler, a better way to do it. He says he plays 30 to 50 rounds a year, few different courses, not a member anywhere. 
he has no idea what his handicap is. I mean, for Corey, is this just a suggestion of, you know, go on the Golf Canada app and, and, and sign up from there? Bob, what do you think? I think that's the easiest way. Um, you, you just have to, you can enter, you don't even have to enter your hole by hole scores. You can just do it by entering your round scores. It's pretty good and it does all the work for you. There's a whole bunch of uh, um, apps on there, on there as well that, that'll do the same thing and give you a pretty good indication. The official one, of course, is with Golf Canada. And uh, this is going to sound terrible. I don't know if they actually, if you have to pay for that or not, I'm sure. I think there is a fee, but it's not a lot. And so I'm just as a member of a golf club, you get that. That comes with it. For, so that's why I don't know what the actual fee is, but it's not very much. And you can do that, but um, you can, you can work it out at home if you really want, if you're a, if you're a cipher, if you can add things up, but getting your handicap system in place is not so much about, um, uh, I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun to track your track your rounds, find out where you're going, your good rounds, your bad rounds, and how that plays out. So it's it's a pretty easy system to work with if you go to Golf Canada and just sign up for that. Yeah, they're built into the three of ours annual dues at Bayview, Weston, and Toronto Hunt, right? So we, we pay that right. those within our annual due fees and have access as a member of the club. But it's a small fee. They used to call it the public players program or something like that, but it's there. Uh, it still exists. I don't know exactly the name. I should. Uh, but it's a great program, and you get to keep an official handicap, and you get more access. You get other access to stuff that you'd really enjoy, Corey, on the Golf Canada website. So it's not just handicapping for the 40 bucks a year or 50 bucks a year or whatever it is. There's, there's other stuff that comes along with it, and you can, to, to Bob's point, track your scores, keep it simple, and get yourself an official handicap. Now, whether the handicap system works we only have a two-hour show. We can't get into that. Adam, next question. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I mean, Aaron Rodgers was a part of the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am team with Ben Silverman, and there was a lot of talk about him juicing that cap, sandbagging, perhaps, maybe, the newest member of the New York Jets, too. I know, Mark, you want to talk about that at some point. That is. Wild. I thought he might be a Niner for a second there, that they were coming back to the well and... I don't even know if we've got a starting quarterback to start the season in San Francisco. I can't even worry about the Niners right now because I, I'm having a hard time getting oxygen in the lungs and awaiting game five tomorrow night with the Leafs. So when the Leafs, I mean, when I don't have to stress out about the Leafs anymore, I'll start stressing out about the Niners. I have two sports seasons, Leaf stress, Niners stress. That's what I have on my calendar. <laughs> and just and, and no golf stress, no playing in eight degrees and, and a blowing hurricane outside. No, no, I've removed that from the calendar. Remember, I'm not. I'm only golfing during golf season this year. I'm not doing that to myself. Now I know we have to allocate two or three minutes at the end of the show to talk about the Leafs because the Leafs launch is coming up after uh, this show on TSN 1050, and the Leafs are on the brink of doing something they haven't done since 2004. So look out! But we've heard this story before. Anyway, Christian Anderson. Uh, 120 weeks of Taylor made our grand prize last season. He, he asks simply, realistically, whose responsibility is slow play? It's a pretty simple question. And whether, and we've spoken about this before, and I know we're going to take some time, I think after the PGA Championship, but some point early in the summer, and take a deep dive into this because players are talking about this. You know, there's, at, you know, we mentioned this last week, too, that Patrick Cantley is sort of the quote-unquote poster boy of this right now, given social media, people timing him, etc. But is this on officials? Is this on players? Is this on all of the above? Mark, what do you think? 
Well, at the PGA Tour level, it's it's a different story, right? It, it's on tour officials, it's on the players, it's on everybody involved if the collective tour decides it's a problem, which I think we finally have landed on, that they think it's a problem. I'm curious that or interested that we haven't heard from the media partners and or if they have said something, we're not we're not privy to it. Like has CBS and NBC poked the bear here at some point and said, hey, guys, we, you know, we've got X window to play this in and you guys are missing the window, especially Thursday, Friday. It's not even close. Now, that's Golf Channel, that window. So it's not a big of a deal because, you know, they're not bumping 60 minutes. They're not bumping programming that's making them millions of dollars across a year you know so it's it's a different story on thursday friday but i'm curious there i'm if we look at it a bigger picture top down i guess from a participation standpoint bob this is on the usga rna golf canada the governing bodies that govern the game from an amateur level from a, a growth standpoint participation standpoint if we want to keep the game growing uh, coming out of the pandemic the way it grew in the pandemic the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges is going to be keeping this game moving because people don't have six hours to devote a lot of their time to doing something you know that is supposed to be their their fun time so at the end of the day i guess it starts there but I think it's a trickle-down effect. It comes down to the membership, the pro shops, the course marshals. Uh, where are you at on this, Bob? Uh, at the high levels, I think it's about enforcement. I think it's about assigning stroke penalties, which are in the, in the rule book, but hasn't been handled except for the uh, Zurich Championship a couple of years ago. It hasn't been handed out since the 1990s. I think at the club level, it's the factor that if you did a survey of every person in your club and say, are you a slow player? Every single person is going to say, no, I'm not slow. It's not me. And yet there are a lot of people. So it's awareness. Um, we did a program at our golf club where we time, we set a time part of 412. That's what you should take you to play Weston. And a lot of people were made aware of it for a little while. We had a punch in, punch out kind of deal. Your tea time, you handed a card and at the end you handed it in. And it made people move along pretty well, I will, I will say that. And in amateur golf, top levels, Canadian amateur, those kind of things, they have timing gates. So your group must be on the third tee by such and such a time based on your tee time. You must be at the ninth green at such and such a time. And they have awarded penalties. In, some, in one case, I know for sure, a penalty that actually cost a woman winning the Canadian Amateur Championship. So they are pretty serious with it. And that's what you have to do. No matter what level, where you are, you have to get serious with it. And from a, a participation standpoint, it, to me, it becomes uh, like a fiscal thing, because in North America, unlike parts of Europe, where they say, actually, you haven't passed the test yet, or you haven't graduated yet, or you haven't got your handicap certificate to this stage yet to access that course, that tee, this time of day, whatever it is. Here in North America, often, if the check clears, that's good enough for us. And I mean, it's grow the game, grow the game, grow the game. Okay, but are we at any cost? Are we growing? Do we want to? Do we want to grow the game correctly, or do we just want to grow the game? So I mean, that's a challenge. Where I mean, if you're willing to just let the check clear, and then it's like, hey, we'll softly suggest you got to pick up the pace, or we'll softly take your remarks in the inbox at the you know your 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 captain's. Uh, committee at your golf club and then nothing is ever done about it 
Uh, that's a challenge because everybody's scared that if they push back, if they try to change the pace of play, if they try to put some hard and fast rules in place, as Bob's suggesting, that the money's going to dry up. And it's a fine dance, and they're scared of it. And I think finally we're at a stage where tea times are full, clubs are full, waiting lists are there, where this is an opportunity to push back and, and, and really grow in the proper direction, where maybe a few years ago those uh, waiting lists were dried up and those tea times were being discounted and sold out you know, at discounted rates, and it, you, know, you couldn't really push back on the golf community. We're maybe at a point in time where there's an opportunity to really push back when it comes to, hey, we got we for the future of this game, we've got to pick it up right now. Okay, speaking of picking it up right now, we got to get the break. On the other side, Tomo Bicep talked to Adam Scully about the launch of the new burner mini driver that was put into play last week. We'll let Adam tee it up on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Hour two, Scott Pritchard, Executive Director of PGA Tour Canada. He will be by at the bottom of the hour. We're going to do our TSN Edge picks as well for the Mexico Open. And then we'll get stressed out about the Leafs closing this out in segment four. Um, it has to happen Thursday night. It has to. I, if they can't get it done... On home ice, I, I have this horrible feeling in my stomach that we're just headed for the same old, same old. Just please, please. What we saw last game, we've never seen from this crew before. Like some real fight with their back against the wall. So if they can, if they can do that, they can close this out when they're supposed to, which should be game five on home ice. Okay, I got it out of the way. Adam, tee up this. You, you spoke to Tomo. It's the mini driver. It was in play this week, was it not? Yeah, so a couple different people have already used the all-new TaylorMade Burner Mini Driver, Tommy Fleetwood being one of them, who used it at the RBC Heritage. A couple other interesting names used it at the Masters, who are not TaylorMade staffers. Bryson DeChambeau and Fred Couples both used it at the Masters, and Bryson was using it basically as, as a driver. He was hitting it on a lot of the par fours, and as you'll learn in this interview, there's a lot of flexibility and versatility within this club. A lot of technology, Mark. You know, we have Twist Face and a bunch of different technology. But it's also an ode to the past, too, in terms of the color scheme that's involved, the burner name with TaylorMade. What do you think, Mark? Should we throw the interview? 
Yeah, and I love the hat uh, just by the color scheme stuff. I don't know if you guys have seen the vintage hats, the the kind of nod to the where it's got that coppery color in the tailor made hat. Like I went, that's so cool because it just reminds me, you know, of being a kid when I was in my early twenties, uh, uh, mid twenties into late twenties. I mean. I had the burner, I had the burner bubble, I had the copper, the two, and it went from steel to titanium. I mean, it was awesome. So a bit of a throwback for me. Let's hear from Adam and Tobo Bicet on the new tailor-made mini burner. Now joining us, good friend of Golf Talk Canada, Tomo Bystead from TaylorMade to discuss the all-new TaylorMade burner mini driver. Now, Tomo, how long has this been in the works? You know, we we recently had been doing this, Adam, on like a two-year cycle. So we did the last one a couple of years ago, the 300, and we had the original one a couple of years before that. So pretty much when we launch one, we start working on the next one. So really the last two years, we've been kind of noodling on this one, and it's been super fun because, you know, we get to do some creative juices here in terms of like the design of it and be a little bit more kind of nostalgic about the design and obviously we're trying to pack it with all the latest technology as well so it's a, it's a really fun project that yeah it takes about two years to get it out you mentioned fun and that's where i got to go the flashback from the late 90s the overall look of the club the head cover it all looks so sweet how did that come to be to flashback to stuff from the past yeah, you know, it's it's a it's an interesting one because this whole thing started really with the original one back in 2019 when we had our 40th anniversary of TaylorMade and the 40th anniversary of the Metalwood. And we thought, what better way to celebrate that than launching something really cool and interesting to the market, which was the original one. And then when we got to the 300, we were like, well, you know, we could continue this kind of idea of, of this nostalgia and, and bringing back kind of iconic looks and and you know, products that transformed the company back in form of a mini driver. And so, you know, this was our chance to do it again. And we honestly went back and we, you know, we, we were talking amongst ourselves and we're all, you know, club nerds and we all love the old stuff. And we talked about, you know, what, what, what was your first tailor-made club? And a lot of us was like, you know, oh, I had the burner bubble or I had the type bubble two or the, you know, so a lot of people started it. I started there as well. Um, I actually had one like an older one, but my first one that I really played and I bought with my own money was kind of like that uh, burner bubble tie, tie driver. So we always like, hey, it'd be super cool to bring that back. Plus it has that kind of interesting, unique color and that copper color. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought, hey, this is going to be a super cool thing to work on and, and get it out there. And I think people will be excited about it. And I think it coincides also with a recent trend of people loving kind of that retro nostalgia thing in golf. You know, you see it with apparel, you see it with other things. And so it was just a, it was a happy kind of coincidence that that's what we were also doing and, and what we were decide, excited about. Oh, that's so cool. I can't wait to see the club up close in person. Now, walk us through some of the technology in the new Burner Mini Driver. Yeah, so the, the, the key thing it builds on is this idea that if you make a driver and you kind of shrink it down and you can make it out of something really light like carbon and titanium, um, you can get some incredible mass properties, meaning you can get some super low CGs with a lot more forgiveness than a traditional fairway would. So that's kind of the underpinning of this whole thing. And we, I would say, had an incredible performing product with the 300 Mini. And the feedback we had from tour players, from average golfers, from our customers was really positive on that club. So we kind of kept the bones of what that was in terms of the size of it, just over 300 cc's, uh, still a tight construction. We actually expanded the carbon crown to create an infinity edge at the back. So it's even more carbon and super low CG. And then the other new development on that one that we wanted to add in was this ability to adjust spin rates, right? So when you think, Adam, about the golfer that this is suited for, it's a vast 
you know, group of people. It's a, it's a very wide variety of sort of skill levels and use cases, right? So we wanted to give the golfer ability to, you know, if you're a tour player or a better player with a lot of club head speed, we wanted you to be able to spin it down and just get it really going really, really far with like a forward CG type of setting. And then we have for the other people who need more forgiveness, maybe a little more launch, a little more spin, we have a back CG setting. So that was kind of the new thing that we did with these kind of flippable weights in the sole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, it, it, you know, we have speed pocket technology, obviously FCT, loft sleeve, things like that as well. But again, packed with all the new technology and some new thinking in here as well. Yeah. And another thing I want to talk about is the four degree loft sleeve. So that really gives the flexibility for the player to crank it up or crank it down. What lofts is this available in? Yeah. So it comes in an 11.5 and a 13.5. And like you said, it has a 40 year range of either of those. And so, and honestly, the cool thing is I've seen this being used at the very extremes of those. So you look at, you know, we had, we had one of these in play uh, with Bryson DeChambeau earlier in the season uh, actually, at the Masters, he had in play, and he had it down to like nine degrees of loft. And then you get, um, again, a lot of the, like, for example, people like my dad, he plays the old one in a 13.5 all the way higher and, and like a 15.5 loft. So like a three wood plus loft, basically, and uh, and everything in between. So it does offer a lot of flexibility. And again, depending on whether you use it more off the tee or off the deck. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you. So you can use this both off the tee and on the deck. It works both ways. Yeah, I think, you know, most people are going to be more comfortable hitting off a tee because it yeah. is quite a bit bigger than a fairway would. But I would say if you're in the, that sort of better player spectrum, um, probably if you're like below a 10 handicap and you have good success hitting three woods off the deck, this is actually a pretty easy club to hit off the deck. Hmm. Um, I know, you know, guys that I play with find this very easy to hit off the deck. And part of that secret sauce, uh, if you will, Adam, is that it has very low CG. And you know, you put it behind the ball and you might think, well, this is kind of bigger than I'm used to with a three wood or a five wood. But ultimately, as long as you can make good contact uh, with it, it's actually even hitting it lower than the center of the face. It's still going to fly really, really well. And so a lot of people are going to be surprised at that, but it, it offers you a very stable option. Again, it's going to be better in off center hits than typical fairway wood because the added, added inertia in there too. So we mentioned the flexibility in terms of the loft and all the technology packed in. So how long is the shaft? with this is it is it closer to a driver shaft closer to a three wood shaft like right in between what, what's the typical shaft length yeah so we have an interesting solution to this so it's actually half inch longer than a three wood so if you think of it kind of in just in fairy wood terms this would be what a two wood would be if you if there was a two okay. wood in your bag um but we have a clever solution to it because what we do is we actually make the hosel a bit longer than a three wood so your three wood shaft if you put it into this club, we'll actually play that extra half inch longer. And so your three wood shaft is kind of usable in this. So we find a lot of good players like to, you know, find a good fairwood shaft and then just plug it straight into this club. So it's kind of nice that you can do that. And obviously for fitting and things like that, it's nice as well. Yeah, totally. And we have to ask you as well. I mean, the, the tour players are the guys we're going to see this playing this club week in, week out. What's the feedback been so far from the tour players? Honestly, amazing. Uh, the, the, you know, a lot of the guys ask me about, you know, can we get all our fairwoods to be this easy to play? You know, <laughs> if, we, if we could only do that, but no, honestly, it's been, um, and honestly, like we've had good success in the past as well, but the tricky part for tour players is what club do you take out to put this yes. in? You know, you can imagine that, you know, you've got the 14 club situation. Guys don't want to take a wedge out. Like right? those are obviously really important. Um, and so, 
it's becomes a case of a three wood replacement for most of the guys. And we've seen that now happen uh, multiple times already with this new one. And we had that with a 300 as well. But now, for example, the Masters, we had two in play. I mentioned Bryson. We also had Freddie Couples using it um, at the RBC Heritage. We had uh, Tommy Fleetwood also put it in, in, in play. Uh, played really well there. He was, I think, T15, played amazing with that club. And he loves it. And I think, you know, again, if, if Tour Place could have 15 clubs, a lot of people would have this in there, you know. The reality is for the tour players, what they like about it is they can hit it almost as far as a driver, uh, the regular driver, maybe within 15 yards or something like that. But obviously with the control of a three wood and, and, and a club that's easier to turn over than a driver. And we've seen that on courses, again, like the like Augusta or at, um, at Harbor Town, where you get these tighter holes and you really have to shape the ball off the tee. And that's where this club really comes into play. And again, like, our goal with the design is in that front weight setting to get it really low spin so people can really hit it out there. And I think launch conditions with this club is very similar to a regular driver in terms of the launch and spin because of that reason. Hmm. Well, a TaylorMade burner mini driver, another great option off the tee from TaylorMade in 2023. Tomo, thanks for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Adam. Cool stuff from our friends at TaylorMade. Wow, four-degree loft sleeve. I wonder if we're ever going to see a day where we have a 10-degree driver, call it a Stealth 3, Stealth 4, whatever, and it's just one head, 10 degrees, offered to the entire planet, but it has a four-degree loft sleeve. So that one head could play 14 or it could play 6 or anything in between. I mean, think of the money you would save in manufacturing and just producing multiple heads. Unbelievable. We'll see where this goes. All right, on the other side, we'll see where our picks go. Mexico Open, tough, tough week. I mean, wow. I mean, a boatload of people have never won on the PGA Tour before. Will someone finally get their first win, or will John Rahm do what the betting numbers are suggesting he's going to do, go back-to-back in Mexico? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Scully Weeks. All right. PGA Tour, Mexico Open at Vedanta. It is just around the corner from Puerto Vallarta, so we're on the west coast of mainland Mexico. John Rahm, the defending champion, and Rahm, one of only three players inside the top 50 in the official World Golf ranking that are pegging it up this week. Nine in total with the top 100. Uh, We knew there was going to be winners and losers when it came to the schedule with designated events. I think it's fairly clear where this one lands. Although last year was an exciting event where Rom wins. He's the defending champion. He squeezes out over Tony Finau, who went super deep on a Sunday and almost chased down John Rom. Finau, one of those other top three uh, in the official World Golf uh, top 50 that are in the field this week. So Finau also kind of has a bit of a horses for courses play. Adam, 
start with you. Let's go around the horn. Let's give our TSN edge picks for the Mexico Open. Well, first of all, I'm looking forward to seeing this event. We've seen some great finishes in the other non-designated events so far this season. So I think we'll see another good finish this week in Mexico. Okay, my first pick is Nikolai Hoygaard, who's had a lot of success on the DP World Tour this season. T13 or better, three of his four starts. Has a runner-up earlier this season on the PGA Tour at the Corrales Punta Cana Championship right now on FanDuel. His odds are plus 2,400. That's my first pick. Mark, should I rifle through all three of them? Yeah, just because we're squeezed a little for time, welcoming Scott Pritchard at the bottom of the hour. Let's just let's just go with them. All right. Pick number two, Gary Woodland, plus 2,200 on FanDuel. Currently the fourth shortest odds to win. For him, he's a great driver of the golf ball. Putting is where his issue has been. 188th in strokes game putting this season. Came T24 here last year. I like Gary Woodland. Lastly, for me, more of a value play here. Bo Hosler, plus 3,800. Six top 25 finishes so far this season. Also came third last week at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans with Wyndham Clark. And Bob, I know for you, Wyndham Clark is one of your three picks this week. Yes, he is. And why don't I start with Wyndham Clark. Uh, he's finished sixth, fifth, and third in three of his last four starts. That uh, includes, of course, his finish last week at the Zurich Classic with Hostler. He's not lost strokes to the field in any tournament. Strokes gained total. He has not lost that in any tournament since last October. So he's playing, playing pretty well. Now, he's mostly known as a big hitter, but his putting average has gone this year from 144th a year ago to 41st this year. So... This could be, he's making his 132nd, 133rd start on the PGA Tour in his career, and he could finally get that first win. Uh, Gary Woodland's also on my list, and I, I like Gary Woodland. Tied for 14th at the Masters. He has been par or better in 10 of his last 12 rounds, including the Masters and the Heritage, and the Heritage is not necessarily what I would consider a Gary Woodland-style golf course. As you mentioned, Adam, the putting has been the big issue for him. You said it, 188th strokes gain putting. However, in his last two starts at, uh, at the Masters and at Heritage, he's been uh, positive side, health well on the positive side of strokes gained putting. So I do like the factor that he is showing up. And then I'm going for the uh, free space on the bingo card, as I always like to call it, uh, John Rahm. Since he won here last year, he has played 23 times. In that period, he has six wins, eight other top tens. He's only been strokes gained total negative once. And the averages right now, the average over those 23 is... 2.28 strokes gained against the field. Uh, what, a, what a guy, and it's going to be interesting to see if anyone will beat him. And also interesting to see if he still has a lot in the tank. Even though we had a week off last week, he's played a lot of golf lately. Mark? That's where I'm concerned, Bob, because my first pick is, you know, I'm, I'm going with super low-hanging fruit here. It, it, it is a weak, weak field. Uh, but John Rahm is the defending champ, so it's not like he doesn't know how to play here. But I'm worried about, you know, does he have anything in the tank? Let's be honest. If he wasn't the defending champ, I don't think John Rahm would be playing golf this week. I think it would be back-to-back -back weeks off for John Rahm. I think the fact that he's defending champion, I don't want to say begrudgingly, but in a certain way, he's kind of, I don't want to say forced to be here, but it, you know, when the defending champion doesn't show, it's not in great taste. Here he is. So that's a bit of a worrisome for me, but at the end of the day, you know, he's plus 260 on FanDuel for a reason. These are the lowest odds we have seen on any player all year on the PGA Tour. Crazy. 
Um, I'll go with the second favorite, Tony Finau. Uh, Tony, uh, still waiting for his first win of the calendar year. He won back November 13th of last year, the first part of our wraparound season. He won at Houston. Finau maybe not getting enough credit for the season he's had so far because he hasn't followed up that Houston performance. But do you know that Tony Finau missed his first cut of this season? He went to Mayakoba and missed the cut in Mexico. Okay. His next start was November the 13th. He wins in Houston. He has not missed a cut since. He's 11 of 12, and again, he missed his opener. So we're 11 straight cuts in a row for Tony. We got a large bucket of top 20s, top 30s, the odd top 10 in there. So it's not that Tony Finau hasn't played well. I mean, he's played every weekend. He finished tied for second here last year. And I brought this up on our TV show, which will be this afternoon, is that Tony does well in birdie fest. And I mean, there's a certain mindset on the PGA Tour. Some guys love it when pars a really good score. And you see those names start to hover to the top of the leaderboard when they know eight under par is going to win a golf tournament. But Tony does well in Minnesota. He does well in Detroit. He does well here. Tony does well when 20 unders the target. I think that's likely the target this week. We'll see if Tony Finau can be there. And I went way off the board on my third and this is more just a hunch because his last two starts uh, have not been great. Uh, Matt Wallace at plus 7,000, uh, 70 to 1. He won when we were in Puerto Rico. Uh, sorry, in Dominican. We won, he won when the tour was in Dominican. Uh, hasn't done great since then, uh, but does really well on, uh, obviously comfortable on the past Palom grass and that kind of southern environment. We're back on past Palom this week in Mexico. It's a different grass surface. Uh, it sits up almost like it's on a tee. Uh, Matt Wallace, one of the few players in this field outside of those top few players that have actually won on the PGA Tour. His is recent. I went with Matt Wallace at 70-1, to 1, just taking a bit of a flyer. All right, good luck with your picks. FanDuel, your, uh, your FanDuel selections, your fantasy needs, and your TSN Edge is your home for all your fantasy golf. We'll see how we do this week. Bob with the five wins, Adam and I with three. It's been a while, a few weeks since we got a W. We're trying to pull a W here for the group here in Mexico as we are into a weird part of the schedule, awaiting to kind of pick it up again. Going to be curious to see who plays in Dallas. The next few weeks could be very strange weeks on the PGA Tour until we get to Rochester for the PGA Championship. On the other side, Executive Director of PGA Tour Canada, Scott Pritchard, going to join us with the recent announcements and changes, the announcement of PGA Tour Americas. We'll talk to Scott next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Week, Scully. Well, yesterday it was announced that PGA Tour Latino America and PGA Tour Canada 
would join forces and create PGA Tour America starting February of 2024. A 16-event circuit that will touch base in Latin America, the United States, and in Canada running from February through to September and create another clear path to the Corn Ferry Tour and path to the PGA Tour. And joining us now, the Executive Director of PGA Tour Canada, a friend of ours, a friend of the show, Scotty Pritchard. Scott, thanks so much for taking the time to do this with Bob, Adam, and I. Um, I'm celebrating and I'm sad at the same time. Is that okay? Because I think this is a wonderful program. I think it's a great tour, a big step forward. It just continues to get stronger in the international tours of the PGA Tour. But there's part of me that goes, oh boy, maybe, you know what, this is kind of the official end of the Canadian Tour. Is that fair? Uh, you know, in some respects, you know, I, I think so, Mark. But I, I think overall, this, to your point, this is a very positive thing for the world of professional golf. And in fact, I think, you know, what we're going to see because of this are players, and Canadians and, and otherwise, um, reach the PGA Tour uh, in a quicker manner. Um, and, and so I think, you know, yes, well, you know, we won't have a, a singular domestic tour in Canada. Um, you know, we're now part of something bigger. And so I think you, we need to look at it that way. Uh, Scott, uh, thanks for almost running me over yesterday, by the way. And um, I won't, uh, I won't, we won't go into detail on that, but I was crossing the street and I got a horn beeped and it was uh, Scott driving. Anyway, um, from, a, from a player, if I'm a player, especially a Canadian player, but not necessarily, if I'm a player, what, what are the advantages now to this tour? Obviously, quicker access to the, uh, to the Corn Ferry Tour. I mean, what, what's the benefit for the players? Well, ultimately, we're creating a singular competitive pathway for these players. So, as you know, Bob, a lot of players at this level, uh, they play PGA Tour Latino America and they play PGA Tour Canada. So, you know, there's a real burden to them in that regard uh, with respect to the seasonality of our, our tour uh, and the seasonality of PGA Tour Latino America. So, by creating a singular competitive pathway, uh, a 16 event season, uh, February to September, that mirrors the same season, seasonality of the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, that's ultimately going to be better for players. But in the end, you know what players are really looking for uh, is what the, what's it going to provide me at the end of the season? Um, should I play well? And so traditionally on PGA Tour Canada, the top five players earn Corn Ferry Tour status, which is ultimately what all the players are gunning for. Um, the, the number one player earns full status, and then players two through five earn conditional status. And for them, what that means is they're not necessarily guaranteed starts, and so it's really hard for them to put together a schedule. Um, with PGA Tour Americas, the top ten players – uh, will all receive uh, status that gets them into the third reshuffle uh, on the Corn Ferry Tour. So what that means is it's essentially guaranteed starts. They'll have the ability to uh, set their schedule. And, you know, based on the his history of how players coming off uh, PGA Tour Canada have performed, uh, we envision a number of those players will, will play well on the Corn Ferry Tour and get to the PGA Tour just like, uh, 64 players have done so uh, from PGA Tour Canada in the past. 
Now, Scott, how long, to your knowledge, has this whole idea and process been in the works to create PGA Tour Americas? Yeah, I mean, it's something we've we've talked about uh, in the past. Um, you know, I think uh, looking at looking into it more deeply and in depth started late last year. Um, you know, and, and we we made the decision, you know, accordingly. Scott, you've done some great work as executive directors. We are joined by Scott Pritchard, executive director of PGA Tour Canada. Uh, Fortnite's involvement, uh, the race to the Fortnite Cup. Um, how many of our current PGA Tour Canada events are going to make up this 16 tournament schedule? And and how hard is it to determine and decide, uh, you know, what events there are are going to make the cut, for lack of a better term? Yeah, so I mean that's something we're we're evaluating. I think when you look at um, you know how we want the schedule to be structured, um, you know I've heard some commentary around travel and you know players having to go down to Latin America and you know the cost there and then coming to Canada and you know I, it's the the purses on on PGA Tour Canada. You know we're not necessarily what we call a purse driven tour. This is really a tour that offers a great incentive to the players that play well and, and get to the next level. So with respect to building out the schedule, part of the, the um, rationale will be around, you know, what makes that, what makes the most sense from a travel perspective, but also what makes sense from um, a market perspective. Um, you know, as you know, Mark, and appreciate, you know, your earlier comments, um, we have some great events on PGA Tour Canada, some long-standing events. Victoria, as an example, um, we're going to be playing the 40th edition uh, of that tournament, uh, the first event of the season on, on PGA Tour Canada. Uh, the ATB Classic in Calgary has, has been a mainstay on our tour. So, um, you know, we're going to evaluate all of that, but, uh, you know, we're, we're excited for what the future holds. In in some ways, Scott, is this also going to benefit the level of tours that are underneath you, the sort of grassroots uh, Vancouver golf tour, the Great Lakes players, the East Coast golf tour? Do you see that they'll they'll get a little boost as well from some of the players who might not have the resources or the access to, to play on uh, PGA Tour Americas? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fair comment. I, I saw someone made a comment about that in, in the U.S. I mean, we have seen certainly the landscape change over the last, call it 10, 12 years as it relates to mini tours and the, the pay for play uh, tours. But um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the reality for PJ Tour America is, is, you know, we've, we, PJ Tour Canada has been, and I've said this, you know, one of the most competitive tours in the world. Um, and now you combine PJ Tour Latino America and PJ Tour Canada. There's only only so many spots to go around, um, so you know that it'll definitely be interesting to see Bob uh, in terms of how those those uh, you know what those players decide to do, and how it you know potentially benefits some of those the mini tours in Canada and the U.S. Now this news became public, Scott, uh, just over 24 hours ago. Have you had a chance to speak to any players yet? And if so, uh, what is the reaction being? Yeah, we've spoken to a number of players. I mean, we we spoke to players even before uh, this became public, and the majority, I mean, overwhelmingly positive. Uh, I haven't heard one negative comment from a player 
uh, about the the merger. So, uh, you know, all in all, I think, you know, I saw um, our colleague Jason Logan spoke to Miles Creighton yesterday and Miles, you know, his comment was, he said, I hope that I am not playing on that tour next year because he wants to be on the, uh, on the contrary tour. And, um, you know, I think he has a good chance to do that. Uh, But, you know, I think the players, you know, these guys are so competitive. They want to play against the best players. And in, in doing so, that's going to prepare you to get to the next level and hopefully get to the PGA Tour, which is the goal of all of the players that are playing on the developmental tours. And speaking of that, Scott, before we let you go, uh, let's just flip gears here quickly just for a second, because the next time we talk to you, it's going to be about you know, really the, the race to the Fortnite Cup Championship. Will Bateman mm-hmm. had a great week. Uh, he, you know, he's playing Corn Ferry Tour. You must take great pride in seeing these guys come through PGA Tour Canada and do so well and eventually graduate and, and, and do well. And we've had so many winners on the PGA Tour that have come through uh, the system. Now, you get started. Royal Beach Victoria Open presented by Times Colonist. That is Uplands Golf Club in Victoria. That's the first official event of a 10-event season. Are you excited about this year? You must be pumped and, get, and you probably are looking forward to actually uh, putting the ball on the ground and hitting it because you're probably a lot like Bob, Adam, and I. Sometimes we feel like we're talking about something, we're talking about mm-hmm. something, and you just can't wait for it to just get started. This will feel a lot different once that ball is struck on June 15th, no? Definitely. I mean, I'm really excited for the season. I think we put together a great schedule of events. Uh, I think Bob referred them as sort of three hubs. Uh, so the, the cadence of the schedule is, is one of the, the best I think we've put out there. So very excited for that. I mean, there's going to be a lot of celebrations happening throughout the year. I mentioned uh, the 40th playing of the Royal Beach Victoria Open. Uh, Dave Barr was the inaugural winner, and I believe Dave will be making an appearance in Victoria. So it'll be, be good to see a, an old friend in, in Dave. And, you know, obviously having Fortinet involved in, in the race for the Fortinet Cup for the second year, I know Fortinet's ecstatic about it. So, yes, definitely lots to look forward to. Uh, I'm, I'm happy as well that the golf season, you know, seems to be is upon us, amongst us, as they say. Some do anyway. Um, I haven't yet played, but I'm looking forward to it. And in and, and speaking with a number of our facilities across Canada, they've, they've come through the winter well. Um, so again, really looking forward to, to getting the season going. And I look forward to, to talking to you guys about that. I, I will say, you know, one, uh, one thing that's very rewarding about my, my job is having the opportunity to provide these top up and coming players, a platform, um, you know, to, to get to the next level. And Ryan Gerard is a great example. He played with us last year. He won the Quebec open and he just earned a uh, special temporary membership on the PGA tour. Uh, for this season so literally he's you know eight months removed from playing in Canada and now he's a a, a member of the PGA Tour so that, the, those are cool stories and, and I'm sure there'll be more of them coming out of this season. Yeah we mentioned off the top of the show uh, Ryan and his story and the fact that he joined us a couple times last year on Golf Talk Canada on radio mm-hmm. and TV and uh, it's fun to watch the progression of these guys. Scott you should uh, uh, be uh, applauded because you and your team um, or have, have created and built this part of the wheel that is that has generated these stories. So, uh, well done. Uh, looking forward to the future. Going to be a fun year on PJ Tour Canada. We'll have you on 
and, and we'll get ready for the season as we get closer to that official date, June 15th. I will see you for some golf on the other side of the PGA Championship because I put my stick in the ground and I will not golf in nine degrees in rain, my friend. So I am waiting for 16, 17 degrees before we come play on, golf. And, come and get out there. on. Uh, no, no, I just, I will not do it. So other side of the PGA. Safe travel, Scott. Thanks for taking the time. I know you're getting pulled in a million different directions these days. So we really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Scott Pritchard, Executive Director. PJ Tour Canada. On the other side, we're going to put a bow on it. We're going to tee up 20 weeks TaylorMade. We'll get Bob and Adam's predictions on Thursday night, Game 5. Uh, can the Leafs finally uh, move to the second round? I- I'm having a hard time getting oxygen in the lungs. i got to broadcast the Mexican Open. I'm going to need oxygen in the lungs. I'm not 100% sure that uh, I'm going to get through Thursday's broadcast. We'll wait and see. Uh, we'll all do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Canada. Uh, before we put a bow on today's show, I, listen, guy. I know Scott Pritchard is a friend of ours personally and a friend of the show, but I think... You know, not to not to overstate it at all, but just because this is the official end of PGA Tour Canada this year and we are amalgamating and growing into something bigger, I think Scott deserves a round of applause in his team at PGA Tour Canada. When you consider what they ushered that tour through, the pandemic, the changing rules, the goalposts, the goalposts were constantly moving federally, provincially. We lived in a province where it was illegal to play golf. You didn't know what the border rules were going to be. At any given time, I remember Bob and, and Jamie uh, Riedel returning back from doing their job at the airport and Bob being sent home and Jamie being told he had to go to a, a COVID hotel. I mean, or is it the other way around? Sorry, the other way around. I mean, it was it was a mess. It was disaster. No one knew what the rules were. This and, and then McKenzie Financial decided to walk away from the tour at the end of their contract and... and Scott Pritchard and his team ushered PGA Tour Canada through all of that, through all of that. So congratulations to those guys. Looking forward to this season and looking forward to PGA Tour Americas. Just wanted to put a bow on that because uh, unlike the average Canadian who I think forgets, uh, Italians don't forget. Our anger runs very deep and we remember (laughs) the pandemic and will when we go to vote. Provincially and federally, I will remember. I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay, boys. Uh, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. GT Spider Putter this week. Very cool. 40 grand in prizing. You got to go to golftalkcanada.com. Golftalkcanada.com. It is free. It is fun. It's our fantasy pool. Weekly prizes, season long prizes, over 40K. 
including the grand prize. So if you've missed the first couple of weeks, you go, eh, no, no. Each week we're giving away huge stuff, and you can still win the grand prize, which is a random draw. So don't let missing the first couple of weeks stop you from registering. Go to GolfTalkCanada.com. Register now. Okay, guys, we have to switch gears. I don't know if I'm going to get through tomorrow. We've got a, what, a 7.30 puck drop tomorrow night? Seven. Is it seven? Oh, it even yeah. makes it tighter at seven because I, I don't wrap uh, Mexico broadcast till 6.30. Oh, so boy. it's going to be a, a tight turnaround. Bob, we getting this done tomorrow night on uh, on home soil. And I'm concerned if we don't get it done tomorrow night that we're right back to where we were the last few years. I mean, I, I almost think we need to finish this tomorrow night. Uh, we're getting it done tomorrow night. And uh, I have complete confidence in my boy Luke Shen to uh, be the leader out there that he has been through this series. And I was chatting with him a little bit yesterday. And uh, anyway, I think they're going to get it done. I think they're going to, uh, I think they're going to dramatically pull it off in front of the hometown. Did we lose Bob? Oh, there he is. I think we just lost Bob there for oh. some reason. He was, he was going on. I can see him talking. He was going. I can see on. him talking, but none of us can hear him. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fine. Uh, okay. What Bob was suggesting was Leafs are going to get it done on home ice. Bob's good friends with Luke Shen, and uh, and and Luke's been such a nice addition to bring him back to the team. He's played absolutely fantastic, and uh, I'm, I'm hands down with that with Bob and and Luke. And though when it gets gritty out there, you'll see them back off Luke right away. No one, yeah. no one wants anything to do with that, eh, Scully? Yeah. We get this done on uh, tomorrow night or what, buddy? First ten minutes will be crucial. Tampa's going to come out flying. I think the Leafs can smell blood here. I think the pairing of T.J. Brody and Justin Hall needs to be so much better. They were abysmal through two periods abysmal they need to be a lot better for the maple Leafs to win okay i'm going on record with this one and i'm saying that even though the leafs are up 3-1 because of the history in that room and because of what this team has been through and what they know about game sevens and not closing things out and being up in series and the monkey on their back i say the leafs come out on home ice Thursday night with a level of desperation like they're down 3-1. They're going to come out like their backs are against the wall. They're going to come out like they're the team facing elimination. And I see a result Thursday night very similar to the result we saw in game two. The Leafs are going to win this game by three or four goals. They are going to dominate the Lightning, and they are going to end this now. And the monkey and is off the back. We are. This is going down, and it's going down in a big way. And you heard it on Golf Talk Canada first. <laughs> that does it for us. We're back this afternoon, TSN TV for Golf Talk Canada Television. Uh, we're back uh, Monday for Golf Talk Canada Radio. Hey, Bob, good luck to you and Kaz in the Miss, uh, Mississauga Half Marathon on Sunday. Uh, good for both you guys. Good Thank luck. You. We'll be watching that. Adam, we'll see you on Sports Center. I'll talk to you guys on Monday for Golf Talk Canada Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Go, Leafs, go. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of LightStrike and LightStrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. 
visit adidas.ca slash golf. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.